So would you open your Bibles to the book of James? We continue on with the series almost done with the series. Believe it or not, we will be before Easter unless the Lord moves in a different way. In fact, next week we'll be looking at um, we'll be looking at the prayer of healing uh, as it deals with healing. So we'll just think through that for next week. In James chapter 5, uh, today we begin reading in verse 7. Be patient then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield his valuable crop, how patient he is for the autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against each other, brothers, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we consider blessed those who have persevered. And you have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Above all, my brothers, do not swear not by heaven or earth or anything else. Let your yes be yes and your no, no, or you will be condemned. Father, we ask as we open the word, we open our hearts before you and our minds, and we ask that you would speak and that you would help us to listen. We want to listen. We want to do what you want of us, and yet, Lord, we recognize even in ourselves we do not have that capacity to follow through on a consistent basis, but by your Spirit in us, sanctifying us it is possible so move this morning help us to take seriously what you have here in this word and not just write off not just think as something minor just commit ourselves to you right now Lord Jesus come speak may your word pierce through and may we prepare to meet you in communion in your name we pray amen you may notice the title here <clears throat> Do you have the patience of Job? A familiar phrase, even for people who are not real familiar with the Bible, they've heard this kind of phrase. I wonder how many of us here today would say that you know somebody who could use a message about patience. And that somebody that you're thinking about looks very, very similar to you. Could that be? Uh, when we think about this, most people would probably admit, yeah, I, I could be a little more patient. But most of the time, it's not on our radar. It it's not on our radar as something that's a serious, continual importance. Because we see patience as something that we just lose momentarily. Oh, in that moment, it's serious. And in that moment, but we don't continue to think about it. We just think it's something we lose for a moment not something that we should be perpetually living out each moment of our lives. We have missed 
God's call to a biblical patience that's described in this passage and even used by the word perseverance. Something that's needed not in a moment of temptation, but daily something we need to get through this life. Patience, like the patience of Job, which is why uh, James lays it out here. This morning we're going to look at it a little closer in two different areas of our life where we need to have that patience. Two different areas of our lives that we can, shall we say, we can have the patience of Job. First area, we need to persevere with people. The beginning in verses 7 and 9, some of our greatest trials are not always the problems of life, but rather the people in our life. Can I get an amen? No, you don't have to do it on that one. Uh, but it, 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 that's true. We need to be patient, persevere. As verse 9 talks about here in our passage in James 5, verse 9, Don't grumble against each other, brothers, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Again, as we've been talking throughout the book of James, is reminding ourselves to look at a verse within its context, within those verses around it, within the paragraph and what it's about. And as it's talking about this grumbling, you see in the verse before it, in verse 8, in the verse after it, in verse 10, we're talking about patience. And so this comes down to a patience with people, uh, a patience that is a part of the content of what it's addressing and persevering with people in such a way that, that we do not grumble against one another. By the way, the word patient in this passage here could be translated being long-tempered with others. Long-tempered with others who do wrong or rub you the wrong way, whether they push you down or just push your buttons. A perseverance that has a long fuse and is not easily lit whether with people that you know right around you or perfect strangers. That doesn't matter. Whoever might be causing you problems or just not doing things the way you think they should be done. If you know the story of Job, you realize that it was very devastating what happened to him. What had happened to Job, it lost nearly everything and everyone in his life. The only thing that could possibly make it worse was that he did not lose it all. Now that sounds a little funny, but yes, he lost servants, he lost children, but not everyone. And remember, in this whole thing of Job, the devil was in charge. The devil had a plan. And part of the devil's plan was to leave Job's wife alive and some friends. <laughs> yeah, friends. So-called friends that end up doing more damage to Job alive than they would have if they were dead. It's interesting that we're not supposed to be grumbling against one another, and yet some of the hardest people to be patient with are the grumblers in our life. The, those, like it happened for Job. You know, his, his wife. His wife encouraged him. Uh, if you want to think about it this way, there's, there's one time that his wife encouraged him. I'll put it up here on the screen. It's in Job chapter 2, verse 9. His wife said to him, Are you still maintaining your integrity? Curse God and die. 
go Job, go Job, go, you know, yeah, okay, uh, wow. You know, she encouraged Job to just give up, not persevere. And, and while you're at it, Job, take a parting shot at God before you die, would you? It's interesting, there are certain people that are worth more to the devil alive than they are dead. The grumblers, the complainers, the critics, the judgmental fault finders who are proud of their gift of discouragement. And I wonder if there are some people here who would be thinking as I'm talking about this, well, not me, that's not me, I'm not that that kind of person. I I don't have trouble with grumbling. So you mean that you have never made or agreed with any comments about people in government, your workplace, the neighborhood, your family, your parents, children? You've never mumbled anything under your breath while you're driving around with some of the drivers here in town. None of that has happened. I don't have a problem with grumbling. Okay, okay. Somebody says, okay, pastor, yes, 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 I have grumbled, but, 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 but in my case, it's different because the people that I'm struggling with, it just comes down to a matter of right and wrong. It's just a matter of I'm right and they're wrong. You know, it's not something I'm not grumbling, I'm grumbling about what's true. You know, I'm right, they're wrong, it's just the way it is, and... uh, I'm sure the other person agrees with you about who's right, uh, of course. But let's just imagine for a moment that we think we are justified in having no patience with someone because we are right and they are wrong. And it's actually true. And yet what God is saying here, even from the very beginning in verse 7, be patient then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. Why? He says, don't grumble against one another. This is, this is not a command that applies only to those people in your life who are good and nice and do nothing wrong. In fact, think about it. Patience. Where you need patience, where it comes into play, is actually with the people who are not so nice and are doing wrong and have problems. Those are the very people who need the patience, not the people who are nice and never do anything wrong. I don't know where they are, but there must be some out there. You know, as you think through this, patience, look at verse 10. In verse 10, brothers, as an example of patience and suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. The prophets, the prophets were mistreated. The prophets were martyred. But we don't hear them standing up and losing their patience and grumbling or growling regarding the treatment that I'm getting as a prophet of God. You don't hear the prophet saying, I don't have to take this anymore. I'm not going to take this from you anymore. I'm out of (laughs) here. No, they weren't. Although they did say on occasion, God's getting tired and he's not going to take it anymore. God's not going to take it anymore, but they didn't say, I'm not going to take it anymore because you're doing something towards me because I'm losing my patience with me. God might be coming to the end of his long-suffering patience with you, but it's not about me personally. We've got to recognize the difference with that and how it relates. Let's be honest, there are times when we are grumbling about others and the truth is 
We are the problem, not them. We are more of the problem. We, we are on edge. We are frustrated. Before, we ever, before that person ever came in and did or said whatever it was, we were already frustrated. We were already angry about something. And maybe even when it happened, we were angry at ourselves because of what we said or didn't say, because of how we contributed to the problem. And that anger that we have about ourselves that we just wish, man, I wish that wouldn't have, but I should have said this, or I should, all of that we take, and instead of kicking ourselves, what do we do? We end up being less patient with the other person. When maybe the reality is, we've got bigger unresolved issues within ourselves. It comes down to this. Don't be a bear. Instead, bear with one another. There, you can tweet that, right? No, I don't know. You can tweet this, though. Colossians 3.12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Now, I I want you to look at this because we're going to go on with the passage. But make sure that you got this part. This is God's word telling us how we're to be with one another. Clothe ourselves, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love which binds them together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Stop grumbling against one another. Peace with one another. How many have heard the old saying, if you got nothing good to say, then don't say nothing? And on that, there may be, there's some good with that, but that's not exactly what God is saying here. He's actually saying more than just keep your mouth shut. What God is talking about not grumbling is more than just keep your mouth shut. Don't just lock your lips, because what happens if you just lock your lips? Then what's going on inside just keeps boiling, Right? And boiling until there's a volcano that happens somewhere. And usually, unfortunately, when that volcano explodes, it's actually not on the person who was the problem to begin with. It's on other people. What God is trying to say is deal with this by stopping the boiling. Don't grumble. You know, the, the word grumble there means to groan or sigh. So it's not about an outward verbal expression. To groan or sigh, it's not about the words, you know. We're thinking, well, if I just keep my mouth shut and don't say what I'm thinking and all that, I don't use words. No, it's not just about words. It's about, right? Right under our breath, nobody hears us. Unexpressed feelings, disgruntled, disgusted, disapproving. Resentment even to that point, et cetera, et cetera. Pointing our finger, blaming someone out loud. We can do it that way. We can grumble against them, but we also can be critical in other ways because if it's inside, it's going to come out in some way. 
Even if no one hears you, guess what God does? God hears you and he's ready to judge. Verse 9, what's it say? Don't grumble against each other, brothers, or you will be judged, for the judge is standing at the door. He's going to hold us accountable. I just hear someone saying, what? Are you trying to say that are you trying to say that I can't complain? That is the most ridiculous thing I have ever heard. But I, I will say whatever I want. Uh, somebody's got to say it. Pastor, you're annoying me with that knocking. What are you doing? Uh, it's just kind of a reminder the judge is at the door. We may like to think that God has bigger things to judge than my grumbling. But that's not what it says here in this verse. Knock, knock. It's time for us to wake up for the judge is at the door. Okay, okay, but, but I just can't help it. That's just the way I am. That's the way God made me. That is not the way God has made you especially to be a new creation in Christ. That is not what he calls us to. In fact, he says very differently, not just in this place here, but in other places about grumbling throughout. And Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 to 15, do everything without grumbling or arguing. In other versions it says, or complaining, so that you may become blameless, pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation then you will shine among them like stars in the sky I don't know how we can get around our excuses what's it say how much should we do without grumbling everything while it may be humanly speaking natural to grumble God calls us to be supernatural through God the Holy Spirit within us who can help us to not go there, but rather persevere, have patience, especially as since He has given us the fruit of the Spirit that not only has patience, but love, peace, goodness, and self-control. And that one of the keys of love that 1 Corinthians 13 talks about that we are to have and be a part of, the love is patience. So it's not really the truth if we say that we had patience for a person, but we've lost it. You cannot lose or have stolen from you what God has already given. It was never ours to lose. Although we may have let go of it, we may have let go of God's hand in helping us to persevere with people and problems. But if it is God's patience, it never is lost. We have a thousand excuses of why we grumble, of why this person and that person is the problem. Uh, and all these verses tell us is now we've got a problem, a problem with God who is at the door, a problem with God who's at the door knocking and maybe getting to the point where it's beyond knocking and he's ready to kick it in in judgment, judgment that we see the example of throughout the word, including with the Israelites. Think about uh, back in Exodus, Israelites leave the cruel captivity and slavery in Egypt, finally free, going to where the promise of what God wants to do and, and do for their lives. But as they're going, uh, things don't go as they would like. They don't get everything 
working what they think and they, they run into problems. They start grumbling and complaining about how good they used to have it. And let's just go back to Egypt. And, and, and then they're grumbling and complaining. It's just then everything is so bad. They, even what they've got, nothing is good, including the way Moses and the others are leading. And so the judge was at the door, brought judgment to their ever-constant grumbling. Moses stepped in on occasion to save the day, but not every time could he do that. In fact, Numbers chapter 16, verse 41. I'm not going to show on the screen. It's too long of a passage. If you want to turn there, just refer to it later. In Numbers 16, verse 41, I'll begin reading. The next day, the whole Israelite community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. You've killed the Lord's people, they said. But when the assembly gathered in opposition to Moses and Aaron and turned toward the tent of meeting, suddenly the cloud covered it and the glory of the Lord appeared. And then Moses and Aaron went to the front of the tent of meeting. And the Lord said, get away from this assembly so I can put an end to them at once. And they fell face down. And Moses said to Aaron, take your censer, put incense in it, along with burning coals from the altar, and hurry to the assembly to make atonement for them. Wrath has come out from the Lord. The plague has started. And so Aaron did, as Moses said, and ran into the midst of the assembly. And the plague had already started among the people. But Aaron offered the incense and made atonement for them. He stood between the living and the dead, and the plague stopped. But 14,700 people died from the plague, in addition to those who had died because of Korah. Look what grumbling got them. The judge really is at the door regarding grumbling. Specifically what happened, in fact... In many ways, God let them wander in the wilderness for 40 years until the faithless grumblers were dead. And then the others who had to wait for them to die, the others were able to go into the promised land. You see, grumbling not only damages us, but it damages those around us. Those who not only are believers, but unbelievers who hear and see this attitude and are turned off. In verse 7, it talks about being patient until the coming and the Lord's coming to see how the farmer waits for land to yield his valuable crop and how patient he is. As the farmer is patient for crops to grow, so God is patient for people to grow. It takes time. Even in good soil, it takes time. You don't put a seed in and suddenly it just pops up. Not even Chia Pets work that way, I don't think. I've never had one, and don't, I don't need one for Christmas. Just, just, just saying. Uh, but it takes time. So as we persevere with people, we, as we have patience, a patience that doesn't just keep our mouth shut or bite or strike back, but keeps our attitude in check, being patient. Just like a farmer, we have patience with people and what God is trying to grow in them, to let them grow. Verse 12, above all, my brothers, do not swear not by heaven or earth, by anything, or yes, yes, and all that. It was worth the wait even before that, the whole thing. It's about worth the wait for what God's doing. Um, sometimes I thought, we have this microwave mentality, especially today. But God has this 
old-fashioned, oven-baked believer mentality. Those two don't go together. Now, sometimes we can give ourselves some grace about that, but why are we impatient with others who are also oven-baked believers and not microwaved? When we think we've lost all patience with a person, I've just lost all patience. God would say to us, I've been patient and long-surfing with this person for 50 years or however old they are. And you can't be patient one more day? All we need to worry about is today. You can't be patient. And for all that matters, God says, I've been patient with you for how many years? And you've lost all patience with them? Verse 11 and so many other places tell us, like in 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Trusting God to do what he needs to do in that person's life that we're being patient with. Have you been praying for them? I know some people talk about, I just said, I'm so frustrated, I'm so angry, I'm just so, I just grumble, grumble, grumble about the person. Well, have you prayed for them? Have you prayed for God to, to work? Yeah, I'm, I'm, no. First of all, most of the time it's no, they haven't prayed for them. And then somebody says, oh yeah, I prayed for them, all right. Oh, and you say, okay, have you prayed a right for them? Yes, and it doesn't work. They're the same. You don't know that. The farmer plants a seed. What happens? Does it come up first or the roots go down first? Is there things that happen underneath the surface that you don't know? We don't know what's going on with somebody's life and what God is doing. But to have patience, not just with them, but to have patience with God and the work that he is doing just as he is doing work in us. In fact, sometimes the crazy thing is you might be the reason for the delay in the growth in them coming up because God has brought them into your life to bring growth for you. Their annoyance is the sandpaper trying to smooth you out or the chisel. And until you let God work on you, He's letting their crop grow a little slower. We need to persevere with people we also need to move on. We need to persevere through problems. In verses 10 to 12 here, you think about it, James, in this whole thing, James is addressing fellow Christians, perhaps some who have been in and through trials. You remember from the very beginning, James chapter 1, it was addressing those who are going through various trials. And this persevering through problems is just something that he's been talking about um, as you know, we consider in verse 11, bless those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Job lost nearly everything, including his health. Difficulties, troubles, trials are going to come to each and every one of us. That's a promise. And while some people seem to face bigger problems than others, for example, how many of us really have had a life like Job? But for all that matters, we really don't know how many of us have even come close to that because so many times you don't know what somebody else is going through. 
We're looking at people thinking, oh, they got life easy. Not, uh, you know, and usually it's, it's not just they got life easy. We're thinking how hard we got it and how easy they got it. But you don't know that. You don't have a clue so many times of the kind of deeper struggles, even people that are facing within our own church family. Even the ones I know about, and I'm sure there's ones way beyond what I know about. I hope that you can hear God speak to you in verse 11 here. As we consider blessed those who have persevered. That he considers you blessed as you persevered. In fact, that word persevered it can be translated long-suffering. It comes down to suffering long and enduring through problems. That persevere. Verse 10, brothers, as examples of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets. You know, in that face of suffering, they had to go problems. It was a part of the package and being a prophet that involved suffering. It didn't matter how good or how godly the prophets were, right? They still had suffering. It didn't change. In fact, in some ways, it may have made the suffering worse or at least feel harder. God didn't promise to keep us from the trials, but he did promise to keep us through the trials. Just as he did for the prophets, as he did for Job and for so many others. I encourage you on your own to look up Isaiah 43 another time and look through that in the first few verses. We talk about having the patience of Job. Sometimes you wonder if we've actually read through Job because even though Job didn't sin, I, at least in my thinking, Job didn't even have the patience of Job in the way that we think of what has to. I mean, there was some... There's some struggles that went on with Job. In Job chapter 21, verse 4, Is my complaint directed to human being? Why should I not be impatient? But the point in the book of Job was that despite the struggles, despite some of the things he was going through, he persevered when it counted. He never gave up. Even when others told him to do that, in the end, he blessed the name of the Lord. That was one of the songs we sang, Blessed be the name of the Lord. That was based from Job and what was going on there. Even though we know why, we know the why of the story of Job, right? We've read the first couple chapters. But I'm not sure that Job ever fully got an explanation that really made sense in his head from God about why all that happened. As you read through that, I, I don't know how you could think that he just has got it. But then again, how can a mere man really understand all of God's ways, especially when our emotions are not going to be made better by some better explanation. And sometimes we're just, oh, if I could just understand it, you know what? We don't heal our heart by touching our head. It's not going to happen. What we do merely to our head, somehow that's going to heal. God is to work in that, and we have to trust Him. Even those things that we can't wrap our heads around, like Job, who persevered through the problems, finished the race with an attitude of patience that recognizes, hey, this is not a marathon. Life is not a mar- is a marathon. Life is not a sprint. It is a marathon. And that is the very nature of per- patience. Not something that comes and goes, but it is a long suffering in it for the long haul, steadfast in our faith. 
And we go back to verse 7 about that farmer who needed to be patient to wait for the crop, for things to grow. Think about it. As a farmer is waiting for that crop to grow, what can he do? Once he's prepared the field, once he's planted it, there's not a lot. Especially we're talking about in those days thinking through. Not all the technology that was in, in today that we have. He had to wait for the crop to grow. He had to trust in the heat of summer that it wasn't just going to dissipate the crop. He had to trust that rains would come, and when the rains came, they wouldn't be too little and it wouldn't be too much. All of it out of his control. We're told to be like that farmer who waits for the land to yield its valuable crop. Not just for what's going on, but as he's waiting, recognizing there's so much that he had no control over. Instead, it was all in God's hands. And for us, as we go through our struggles and our problems, to recognize that we can persevere when we realize it's all in God's hand. Trust Him through the trials, even though there are things beyond our control, to trust Him. Even with things that are hard to figure out or to deal with, trust Him, to walk by faith. That we have a God who's got this. We have a God who is still on the throne. We have a God that we can be patient in our problems because of the promises He makes to take care of us, to continue to trust Him through the trials. So do you have the patience of Job? Perhaps a year ago, you thought you were pretty close to that. And now you've been through this last year. You know, there are some people that are more, seem to be more naturally patient, right, than others. But you've gone through this last year and you just feel like your patience has been worn down. Or maybe it's been refined, purified, strengthened. It may be in this past year that you, you've sensed a thinning or a draining of your patience. But what does that reveal? Could it be that that's not just uncovered how much patience you really have? I mean, we really don't know if we're patient until it's actually tried, right? Until it's actually pushed. This past year has pushed many people's patience, but what else has it done? What it has done for many is shown where our patience really is. It's shown that we've been relying on a patience that is in ourself, from ourself, and not from the Savior. You see, to say that we have drained or we've run out of patience is impossible if the patience is coming from God, who has a never-ending supply. That's who, part of who He is. Are we relying on our own natural patience, perhaps even of our own personality? Or are we relying on a patience that is supernatural? Unfortunately, throughout the scriptures, God's people did not always wait upon God, but went off on their own and things turned very, very badly. There's so many examples of that. But even in, in James, trying to compare that patient waiting and persevering, uh, with waiting for the second coming of Christ in verse 7 and 8 here. See, many lost patience in waiting for the first coming of Christ. 
We, we talk about at Christmas. Many had lost. They waited and waited, and they just they lost their patience. And then, because of that, they missed his coming. And so much more. And they went off on their own, trying to do it their own way. We'll talk more about that in the future. But when we think about what we're waiting for in all of this, whatever we're going through, one of the things we're waiting for is what it says here, being patient until the Lord's coming. Patient, stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. When all things will be made right, when all things will be made new, when all trials will be over, when all accounts will be settled, we need to stand firm and persevere to the end because we know in the end it's worth it. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36 and 37 One of the many places it talks about you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. So then, any delays are not necessarily denials. Rather, something we can patiently wait upon and persevere through our problems. It's worth it in the end. We can trust A God who is never in a hurry. A God who is not early. A God who is never late. A God who is always right on time. And the truth is, if he's not here, then he's not finished yet. With growing that needs to take place. He's still working on us. And the question we end with then is, do you have the patience of Job? In a sense, in ourselves, naturally we do not. But as believers in Christ, supernaturally we can have the patience of Job. Ask the worship team to come. This is maybe an area as we get ready to come before the Lord in communion that we need to recognize that that would be something that we have to confess before him. Have we been grumbling and complaining? Have we been critical, judgmental on whoever that might be in our lives? Maybe it's just with the things that we're going through in life, recognizing that. Father, I pray that you speak to us as we prepare our hearts before communion. To not take lightly talks about patience. Certainly not to joke that sometimes we have a short fuse or give excuses. That you take it seriously so much that you're at the door. Lord, we can't, but you can. Help us to persevere through our problems and persevere with people. Come, Holy Spirit. Pour out your fullness, including the fullness of long-suffering and long-tempered. In your name.